read. Junk. Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Welcome to another edition of the Rejunk Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kremko, and this week I'm taking a little break from playing music. Over the weekend, I sat down with Steve from Sars Gagnetti, uh, the Connecticut ska band that have recently been playing shows again and stuff like that. I went and drove out to Clifton, New Jersey, where they uh, were playing at the Clash Bar, and we uh, we sat down and talked in the car for about an hour. It was a good conversation. Uh, there wasn't really any place to go, uh, so the car was the best bet. It was, plus, it was kind of raining for like the 100th day in a row, so we couldn't do it outside. Plus, I didn't want to really talk outside when people were probably around anyway. But the show was great. I mean, it was the first time I saw them in like 19 years. They were just awesome. Brought back a lot of memories of seeing them from over the years. I got some photos of the show on scottpunkphotos.com. I didn't really do a review or anything, but I just kind of took some pictures and stuff. I only saw about two bands, so it was, um, since it was such a late show, uh, Sergeant Skagnetti didn't get on until about like 11 o'clock. So I was like, oh, I, can't, I couldn't, apologies to the other bands, but I wasn't going to stick around. I was mainly there for certain skag anyway. Um, it was funny. I was walking out of the club and I saw some something black. Like I, th- I thought it was like a statue or something like this by the entranceway. It ended up being like this guy in this gimp outfit, like from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, this is kind of weird. That was the first time I've ever seen that and going to a show. Um, but the conversation with Steve was was good. We um, we talked about how the band got back together, you know, the history of the band, how Steve joined the band. We talked about the scene a little bit, the new songs. Uh, we talked about music PA and CCs when they used to play there all the time. Uh, we talked about New Haven and its so-called best pizza in the country. And uh, at the end, we play a little game of Goldboom Trivia. It's a good talk, so have a listen. This is Steve from Sergeant Skag right here on the Rejunk Podcast. All right, all right. So, this is the first time you've been back in New Jersey in a long ass time. This is the first time we're back in New Jersey since I'm going to say 1999. So, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. That's uh, I think I'm not real good at math, but I, let's just call that 20 years. <laughs> why the hell did it take so long? <laughs> oh, man, why did it take so long? That's a fair question. Uh, so we, uh, right, essentially stopped being a band, uh, I think in early 2000 or late 99, whatever that was. And, um, right, we did a reunion show in 2010 uh, back in Connecticut, did a couple couple shows. On and off kind of stuff you've been doing. Yeah, it was, so that was just like I think a week, like we did three shows in four days or something, and it was all Connecticut. Yeah, that's why I haven't seen you. Because yeah, I- and it was all Connecticut, and then we did a show I think in 2012 also in Connecticut, and then we just, we, we didn't do anything. And then so I guess now what had happened was we got asked to do the um, the Supernova Ska Festival uh, yes, a couple a couple years it. back. Oh. And we just, could, like, you know, it was like a couple months out by the, when they asked us, and we were sort of like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. Not everybody was on board, but so finally we ended up just, you know, I, I called Richie and said, hey, man, we should we should get together, get our lives in order enough to where when we do get a phone call like that, we, we got asked to play some other shows too, like some cool local shows in Connecticut, mm-hmm. like in bigger rooms, like opening for Real Big Fish or whoever, and we were like, ah, that'd be fun. And so we were just like, let's get our act together enough so that when that phone call comes, like we're ready to go, like mm-hmm. you know. And so we just started doing that. Uh, we just started practicing and trying to write some songs and stuff. And then uh, I don't know. We're still trying to figure out like, what do we like? Why are you know? Why haven't we come to New Jersey sooner? Like mainly, I think just we couldn't get a show. We couldn't find anybody to. It's to tough bring with us venues in. these days. Yeah. yeah, it's either the be- the bigger venues like Starland Ballroom or uh, or they just open up in Jersey City. But uh, uh White White Hall. Yeah, White Eagle yeah. Hall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then there's one in Tianek, um down the road here. It used to be called it used to be uh Mexicali and it used to serve Mexican food. Sure, sure. And then they changed it and now it's like Debonair Music Hall. Debon- or yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. I'm you know, I'm trying yeah. to like get back in the groove of like cuz I actually handle, you know, most of our booking, so Yeah. Just, just that's been like the big learning experience is like, well, how does it how does it work in modern times? Like how do you even get book, you know, I'm from the days when you, you know, you had to put a CD and yeah, a Manila envelope and 
put your, yeah, put your press sent, release and your a picture of yourself and and that's how you got shows and you call the club yeah you'd call the you had to know who the guy was and call him and he had to be there and then you'd maybe get a show you're sending out radio ids for podcasts i thought that was pretty funny but hey i used it <laughs> yeah I used, it, I used it last we find people so. really like those i mean we've got access to, you know to some some decent recording equipment i'm like well why don't we why don't we do some station drops like yeah you know, it and, sounded and pretty I, good yeah I, I think there's some we're getting some airplay all over the place because and i think it's i think it's like maybe they like our song but i also think it's like we're saying the name of their show and they dig that right now yeah. everybody's take takes the time to do that so um <laughs> So I mean, so what made you guys want to get back into this? Like, it seemed like you're kind of doing it more, not full time, but doing it like yeah. weekend kind of. You guys are weekend warriors, I we guess. Are, yeah, we're like monthly weekend warriors. I don't know, man. I just I uh, I felt like I had a couple Skagnetti songs in my head that that I wanted to get out, mm-hmm. and so I had Richie come over and and we played around and we and we spit a couple of them out and. I think around that same time was, when, you know, when we got the phone call saying, hey, you know, we'd love you to come down to Virginia and play this big festival. Um, and so then we were like, all right, well, we got to put a couple shows around that. We can't just, you know, that can't be the first show we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we played a couple of local Connecticut shows. And then then you want to, you know, before the Connecticut shows, you want to warm up, right? You don't want to, that to be your first show. So, you, you know, maybe you book a show in Albany or, yeah. you know, or you go up and play, you know, play out in Pennsylvania just to, you know, get the cobwebs off. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, yeah. you got eight, ten shows on the docket, and every everybody in my band's like, "Is this what we, you know, is this what we're, is this what we're doing now?" Like, okay, hey, you know, yeah. there's kind of like a fourth wave of ska going on right now, so it's kind of, you know, that's what's funny. I've, a bunch of people have asked me, like, so it was that in anticipation of that? Like, did you guys see that coming? And I honestly, I didn't at all. I just, again, I had a couple songs in my head that I that I felt like were were Skagnetti songs. Um, and but yeah, the timing's kind of funky, man. It's cool. Like we're we're diving back in, and all of a sudden now I'm seeing you know I'm seeing commercial radio playing some ska bands, and the Boston's put out a record, and it, it's it looks like it was really smart timing on our part. But it was pretty there's random. been a ton of ska ska albums that have been released this yeah. year. That's yeah, it's it all around the summertime too. It's like the summer of ska yeah. hashtag yeah something. <laughs> um, so you did some shows in Connecticut, like like mainly like New Haven, like as yeah, we you, did. Um, yeah, I mean, we it was in Hamden and New Haven, which is the same thing. Hamden. Yeah, I know, yeah, so I know played, it well. My wife went to Quinnipiac. Oh for man, Masters. she went to Quinnipiac. So I would I would drive from Middletown, New York, on a Friday night because we just it was the first year of dating. We would drive down and just be pissed off with the Connecticut traffic on eighty four. Yeah, just great. stop and go, stop and go. So but I found a way of going down. I, and I think I went through your hometown of Seymour, I think, right? Yeah, you were taking 34. You go, yes. You're going uh, 84 to 34 to uh, downtown New Haven. It was like then, around a dam yeah, kind of thing. And I'm like, I know it well. So I would every time I would drive through Seymour, I'm like, oh, sorry, it's getting any hometown. Yeah, man. <laughs> P.O. Box 99, Seymour, <laughs> Connecticut. I don't think that's ours anymore. Okay. I have to ask about Connecticut. What is with the yellow lights? They, they go so quick. They do. Some I don't know if they all do. I, it was I definitely think in that, Hamden. Hamden did Hamden that. Has, Hamden's got a quick yellow. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful with that. <laughs> That's mainly what I remember is like the on and off traffic <laughs> and then the yellow lights. Not the pizza, which you declare, you know. It's the best in the world, man. I'll fight anybody. I don't care. I'm in New Jersey I, right I now. I actually well, did I, Google that the other day. I'm like, okay, I guess there is a few lists. It has like at least four or five New Haven yeah, pizza man. places. Yeah, I'm a Sally's guy. Sally's forever. New Sally's. Haven. Sally's. Yeah, Sally's never, pizza. I've only been to New Haven like twice and that was for like tune in. So you got it. show. What about your wife, man? She went to Quinnipiac. She's not. She's not repping New Haven pizza. No, I don't man. think. She really, I really don't know if she actually went to New Haven all that much. She just kind of did one year of masters and then got out. Ah, uh, okay, all right. Yeah, she wasn't there for undergrad. But I was there for the weekends, and we would just hang out and like go to the movies or go up to like Sleeping Giant or Sleeping something. Sleeping Giant State Park. Yeah. yeah. A lot of our so Mike DiMatteo, uh Carmela, and Dave, who are in the band now, are mm-hmm. all uh, Hamden. Hamden residents. Okay. Uh, actually, Carmen Mike grew, like, grew up, went to Hamden High School. Dave and Carmen just happen to live in Hamden now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hamden's a good town. We like Hamden. We're fans. Where else? Um, so who else is in the band? So we got Dave and Jesse, who used to be in the old band. Right, right. Jesse, Jesse uh, was in the band. I think he's the original guitar player. I wasn't around then. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because yeah. I actually, the first ska show I went to in 1996 was Sergeant Skek Danny, and it was the original lineup. Yeah. I was like... I had to be like ten guys and the people. In there the was band. a lot of people in the band. Yeah, they were yeah, a big, yeah. Big band. And uh, yeah, and buying the demo tape, the which I still have, which yeah, yeah. I gave to Jesse. And uh, you know what's funny? I've been pushing. 
for us to play a song or two off the demo because we get asked all the time. And Dave and Richie, who are on the demo, are sort of at, they're like, I don't know, man. I don't know about those songs. <laughs> and so we, uh, Jesse actually brought it to practice uh, a couple weeks ago that would be and uploaded me, it to our yeah. Dropbox. And we all listened to it on the way home. And and unfortunately, everybody was like, nah, man, I, I, I don't see us doing any of those songs. And I was like, I think people think because I wasn't on it that I would be like, you know, no, let's not do those. Like, I would love to do those because I was a fan of the band. Yeah. Before I was in the band, like I knew Danny really well. I was good friends with, with the old guitar player, Danny, and or the, the new and then old guitar player, yeah. Danny. And, you know, I knew Dave from growing up and I was psyched to go see those guys. Like when they oh, were, really? started playing shows, like, you know, they're playing big venues and, um. So I, you know, I was going to the shows and checking them out. So I, lo- I love those songs, man. Yeah, like Piece of Action and um, the, what's the first one? Observation? No. Is it Bird of Prey. Bird of Prey. Yeah. Yeah. That I like that one. I have no like, beef with those songs, man. I know, I know. It's like it's Jay Jay did a good job singing with it, but I think Absolutely. you can handle it. I think I yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I can figure it out. I'm sure. You know, I think you got to talk to Dave and Richie though, man. They're they're the guys that are that are putting the veto on it. Yeah. Well. Well, so I mean, you have two. You just released two new songs. Yep. Um, are you working on like a full length or? I don't know if we're ever going to get to a full length. I don't know because it took us a while to get those two songs recorded and out. Um, we definitely want to keep writing, and we and we are. We just sort mm-hmm. of, um, like you said, we're kind of weekend warriors, right? And mm-hmm. a bunch of people have little kids in the band, so you know how that goes. Life is life is uh, very is, busy. Is busy. Yeah. And so one of the things we said when we got back together is like, this can't become painful or annoying, right? Cause we don't make enough money for it to be either of yeah, those two things. So, so it's gotta be fun. So we've been trying to find that balance between like how many shows do we book? How far away do we go? How often yeah. do those things happen? And I think we've gotten to a point now where we've played like enough shows. Where we're like, all right, we need to write some new songs because the new songs are really fun to play. Yeah. Um, I don't know if ever, you know, the oldest Skag fans are like appreciative of them or not. I, th- I think so. People have had nice things to say generally. Um, but, you know, we want to write some new songs. So we're, we just got back like a couple practices ago. We were struggling. Uh, people in bands will, will understand that well. We're just, everybody was bringing some ideas. Nothing was clicking. And then finally, uh, two, like two practices ago, like something worked. And we were like, okay, this is a really, really good song. Um, so we feel like we got pretty good momentum. I think an EP might be realistic. Yeah. I think maybe the next maybe the next two songs, if we really like them, maybe like a, a seven inch would be reasonable. Yeah, some That's people are still doing like, cassettes now. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the media is that we should put it out on. We still get asked, you know, the stream, five people the at every show are like, "Do you guys have CDs?" And we don't anymore. We yeah. sold them and we didn't get them reprinted. Just do download cards or something. That we got the yeah, we got the yeah. two new songs on download cards. Uh, you know, people will grab them. But our stuff's on, you know, all the all the places that don't pay you very well to stream your music. Yeah, the Spotify. Yeah, yeah we're on the Spotify. We're on the iTunes. And um, I was waiting for that. Finally, it, t- it takes a while. You got to yeah. like partner with, you know, some guy. You got to pay him blood money, and then they they get you in. And then you get that nickel when someone listens to it. Twenty thousand nickel. Sweet nickel. Yeah, we've gotten the nickel. So um, what are the two songs about? I mean, so. T- so the two songs that we released on the download card. Um, the first is called Murder House. And it is about um, so there's a ta- there's a there's a house in Derby, Connecticut, um, which you also drove through on probably 34. I've, I've probably driven through. Um, and kind of on the other side of town. So when I was a kid, like the early '80s, uh, a family got murdered in this house in Derby. I don't remember the details of it, but it's like some terrible thing, like a grandma and a little kid, and so it's like an urban legend kind of thing. Where it's, um, that was or, real. Oh, I mean, well, like people talked about it. Yeah, like, oh. it was a big deal, right? Small town. Um, and I wasn't old enough to understand like what was happening, but yeah. I just where the house was stuck with me, and it's near a highway, so I drive by it a lot. And every single time, there's a line in the song, you know, me and my wife drive by and say "murder house," and like that's what we would do, like. If the if the car ride was silent and we weren't talking about something else, like as you pass the house, you would say murder, like murder house, because people live there now, oh. as if a family wasn't murdered there. That's... And that always kind of blew my mind. So we just wrote a song about like what it must be like to live in a house where innocent people were murdered, and now you're just living your normal, mundane life. That sounds exactly <laughs> like a house. There was right up the road from me. There was a. There's like an infamous murderer, serial guy, killer called uh, Nathaniel White. Uh, right. I don't he sounds know, 
Sounds like a bad dude. Yeah, and he just dumped a bunch of bodies in in Goshen, New York, and and where I was from, and uh, and I remember going to take a hike up there. So, and I think the day that he dumped, dumped they discovered a body. I took a hike up there. With my I was like, you know, a little kid. Yeah. But I probably and we decided not to go that way. If we went that way, we would have found the dead body. Whoa. <laughs> but uh, now it, you'd have a song to write about that. Yes. Yeah, so it was. I didn't ter- know these it guys. Was, it was definitely like a haunted house kind of type of thing. So it, it was by the highway and it finally like burnt down like two years ago. And now they're building Legoland there. We're getting a Legoland? Yeah. They're going to be building a Legoland. Like a, like one of those ones, like a, an amusement park. Legoland? Yeah. Like Legoland. Legit. Yeah. So sorry. The dad and me is excited so, about that. So if like <laughs> rides go mysteriously wrong. You might. <laughs> oh, yeah. Haunted Legoland. Yeah. Because Even a better. lot of people like would do ghost hunting and stuff like there. Spirits know. and all that because stuff, allegedly? Because like, the house that was there was like an old house, you know, like farmhouse. So all the windows and there was like no second floor. And it's just like it burnt down mysteriously. Probably mm. probably to people that there was another house that's like right by it that always hated people coming there to ghost hunt. And sure. Stuff. So they probably burn it down and probably get insurance money for yeah, it. Yeah, but, yeah. They took care but of it. But it's very, very well, I guess there's got to be a murder house in every every. Yeah, yeah, town. absolutely. So hopefully that appeal, you know, people get it like. You know, there, there's always those famous spots, right? Yeah. Like where something terrible happened, and then like he, life has to continue, right? Yeah. Eventually, and so it's, I guess it's sort of about that. Okay. And then the other track is called Funai Electric, um, and it is a so Funai Electric was the last company in Japan to make VCRs. They stopped production oh. uh, in 2015, I think. The line is I that forget. late. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I wrote the song. It blew my mind because they sold 850,000 or 700. How's the damn song go? 750,000 units know, in be, 2015. Be it soon. Better. Yeah, yeah. When the music's playing, hopefully I'll remember it. Um, but yeah, they sold seven. They sold uh, three quarters of a million units in 2015. Oh. And so, okay. as the line goes, who's buying? Who's buying VCRs? And so the song's about sort of retro culture and, you know, the vinyl resurgence. And, yeah. Um, I never liked vinyl, but I like it as a, like, artist aspect of it with the big artwork. But other than that, I never liked it. It's super impractical. Vinyl. Yeah. It's like, it always, like, to skip a song, it's about the whole listening experience. I don't know. It was it's just super, ex- super impractical. And really expensive. Um, yeah. And now you can go into, like, you know... Urban Outfitters, and they'll sell you records that used to be, you know, six ninety five for forty dollars or something. They still have some record stores like Vintage Vinyl and Jer- down in Jersey, yeah, on uh, the Garden State Parkway. I, I get it; it's cool for bands that now, like, I mean, I grew up in a time where, like, we made money and and you know lived off selling people CDs for ten bucks a pop, and yeah. you know, if you had a good show, you could sell you know thirty, forty, fifty CDs in a night, and that was a really good night, and. Now you need T-shirts. And now, yeah, and, and even that, it seems stuff. like you know, is a little less. You know, the merch oh, really? was a big deal, yeah. um, but it's vinyl for that purpose is cool, right? I think a lot of people that want to support music will buy the vinyl. I don't think they listen to it, but I think it's like a collector thing. Like yeah. I own this thing, and the band made it, and like you said, the artwork is cool, and so, but it, and it allows us to charge money, um, or yeah. it allows a band to charge its fans money, and the and good fans want to give the bands they like money. Uh, for what they do so the vinyl for that purpose is cool but like i don't know they'd be better off like just giving me ten dollars and a high five because i don't feel like they're going back and listening to the record i don't know i could be wrong i know some people listen to records but i'm fine with mp3s i mean that seems like it's gonna be going away soon it seems like itunes is gonna close down their store like there's there's always rumors about it and it's like well that's gonna just hurt a lot of bands that make make money off of that well i think the whole band camp but the whole thing i mean the way you know the way facebook and youtube are now changing their algorithms to, to like it's really hard yeah, tell um, me about it. Yeah, to to get to get clicks and get notices, and there's, so the you know the guy in the band part of me is like, oh, it's you know it's crap, man, because you know, but then again, like I don't know, man, these guys have a website. Well, who are you? Who are you to use their free website and complain about the way it goes? Yeah, I don't know, but I think they have way too much power. And oh, it's, it's oh, absolutely it's, it's same thing with Twitter. And it's like, oh, well, you said this, you're not allowed to. You're not a lot to be on your but ah, you're okay. You can you can yeah. It's it's a, such a something needs to be like regulated for these yeah. big sites like well, Amazon. Like, look, and man, even us like Facebook is like 
you know, we, we have whatever we have, 600, 700 people who follow us on Facebook. Not, not a huge and following. A hundred people probably see your posts. Exactly. And yeah. then when I pay, if I pay them, if I pay <sighs> Facebook their blood money, then like 500 will see it, but like not still not everybody that follows us. See, I would is, do that. Ugh. I would do that for my t-shirts that I would design and I would pay posts but I found that even just paying five dollars for a week, it's just like people from like weird countries that don't even like they just like the image. They don't actually want and go and yeah. like go through the actually the process of buying a shirt. So I just found it was kind of just pointless. Not just, fruitful. Yeah, it's just like it's not really spending money on it. Yeah. So I don't know what the trick is, man. I mean, that's you know we play locally. We still when we were playing those New Haven shows, it's like. You'd walk around New Haven and our, our band flyer was the only thing up on telephone poles and because nobody flyers anymore. But like we don't know how to take it down. Too. We don't know how not to do that, though, because we're like, well, I'd rather spend eight dollars at Staples and get a couple hundred copies and throw it in every coffee shop and pizza joint in town. Yeah. Then give Facebook 10 bucks to like allegedly boost a post. And, you know, you can look at the data. I don't know how valid it is. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I still do my website as far as getting like free movies and cds and stuff to review but uh yeah. is to help out bands that i've liked over the years like you guys that it's like you guys are playing a show i'll you know share it and post it on my website we appreciate it yeah so it means that's why it's it's kind of you know I, I don't do it as much especially now doing this podcast like i'm like i don't feel like reviewing a cd yeah <laughs> i'm like i'll just i'll just talk about it instead and play some songs from it but uh but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. The, the the technology is the technology part of the game is um, is tricky. And we played a show in New Haven, and I had to do like we used that time to make a video to promote another show, right? Like with the crowd in back, and that was it. Got lots of hits, and it was funny and whatever. But like we have to be cognizant of that. Like I'm playing a show, and then I have to think, like, all right, we need to stop the show real quick and make a video that can be used to help promote um, well, just, just you speaking in front of the camera is, is it will get more views if it's a video it's got to so be moved it's got to be moving pictures so yeah um which is fine it's just but it's all just figuring out like that's how the game works now yeah it's like this one band that wore a t-shirt of carbon leaf they they do they do they used to do a podcast where they would talk about band stories and stuff like that they would do they would do uh, all videos of just like, like, hey, we're playing this show and such and such. Just like a, you know, 30 to the minute, or not 30, uh, 30 second, you know, clip of just saying, hey, we're playing these shows on Facebook. And that's, you know, it gets a lot of views that way. So they're kind of, I think more and more bands need to go that way, I think, in yeah. order to be seen. So Yeah. So it's a lot, it's, you know, that's, that's the it's, part where it's, it's like, a lot you know, more work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. And it's it, like, I don't know. It's like, all right, it's the second job again. <laughs> It be, it starts to become a little bit of a grind, yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, so, but you actually did get down to Supernova Scottfest. Supernova Scottfest. We did, which was really awesome that we were invited there, and I'm sure it was uh, some kind of inside job where somebody knew somebody and, and put put something in for us. Probably Matt Flood. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Flood and Asbestos had something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah. The guy that helped us load in was from Hartford, and oh, okay. he had mentioned that he used to come see us. So I don't know. I mean, we. There was a lot of really, really good bands uh, that have been doing it for a long time that are full-time professional bands that yeah. played that show, uh, and we are not that. So it was it was awesome that we were allowed to even be there, and it, it's been really helpful. I saw some that, photos of you guys, yeah, with yeah, little it, hats on, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, it, it's been <laughs> helpful. Yeah, we handed out some fo a couple hundred foam swords. Nice. <clears throat> tried to re re reignite the Civil War. People were like, dude, <laughs> people don't really think that's funny down here. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. Um but we, uh, yeah, it was cool, man. And, it, and it's helped us be able to, I think, get a lot of other shows and lend a little bit more credibility than we probably deserve. Uh, you know, so hopefully we can get another one of those someday. Well, Maybe. if they do one, yeah. But other festivals, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, think, I think they're going to do it. They're going to take a year off and I think they're going to crank it up again. I don't expect that we would be invited back based off our antics, but. Well, you did Ska Palooza in 2012, but you played the Connecticut Day. Yeah, right? we played the Connecticut Day yeah. with uh, Spring Hill Jack, Pilfers, Pie Tasters. I know the New York yeah. City one was good, with a, and this goldfish and like the bands you know I, I used to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, still listen to, but yeah, I was like, ah, oh, Sergeant Skagnani's playing over there too. I'm like, damn it, that's like New Haven's just too far away. <laughs> no worries, man. Yeah, um, but going back, I mean, so how did you get into ska? I didn't, right? So like I had mentioned, oh. um, so you're I'm just sure. I'm sure a lot of ska fans are like, ah, this I don't want to hear this, but like. 
never even heard of this stuff. I was telling the band a couple of weeks ago, we were just BSing about life. And I remember, like I said, I knew the guys, I knew Danny and Dave, right? And so yeah. I knew they were in a band called Sergeant Scagnetti. I didn't know much about the history of ska or, or, or I didn't even understand that that was happening, right? It was a huge, a huge scene that had developed and was developing at that time. What were you listening Late to? Late 90s. I was a hip hop kid growing up, man. Oh, like really? it is funny. I, we were just knocking vinyl, but like I was like I was really into hip hop DJing. So I was I was like in a record pool out of the Bronx, and I was like super into you know Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul and all that naughty sort of suburban. Nature. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> a little naughty by nature, all that stuff. <clears throat> and I was working at um, a college radio station while when I was in high school, like on the hip hop show. And what, um, what college radio? So it's uh, WXCI ninety one point seven in Danbury, Connecticut. Is it Western Connecticut? Yeah, Western Connecticut. So I went to go look at that school. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, I just was, you know, rolling through the dial one night and found they were playing some stuff that I liked and I called them and I was like, hey, I, I didn't even know where Danbury was at the time, like growing up in Seymour, uh, Connecticut. It's, you know, it's like 40 minutes away, but it, it, could, it could have been six hours away. And I was just like, hey, can I, can I come there and hang out? And they were nice enough to let me come up. Uh, so I ended up going to school there, like literally just off that. So anyway, um, I was at WestCon at the time. I was going to check out Skagnetti shows, just and it was cool. Uh, I remember one of the first shows I went and saw them with. They played with the Toasters, so that was pretty eye-opening because I remember Cooley was like, "Oh, you saw just, with Co- Cooley, just yeah. tearing shit up." And I was like, "Okay," because I was a hip-hop kid and I listened to a lot of dance hall and stuff like oh. that. Like that was like, "Oh, okay," so this sort of rides that line. So I was like super interested in that because you know Skagnetti went on first and I knew those guys and it was just cool right yeah uh they were playing at Toad's Place in New Haven which is you know a pretty pretty famous club so it was just I was like oh man these guys are playing Toad's that's a big deal is that still open it's still open it's getting its butt kicked a little bit by some uh, by some newer clubs that have, have oh, okay. kind of come out uh College Street College Music Street. Hall is, is getting a lot of big shows the Space Ballroom over the tune is closed right the tune-in unfortunately is is very much closed yeah. um when we played our New Haven show, we played at a place called Pacific Standard Tavern, which is like three blocks away from where the tune-in used to be. And we actually okay. promoted the show with Fernando, okay. uh, who used to own the tune-in. Um, but yeah, man, I saw the toasters and like so just what Cooley was doing was close enough, like working the crowd to a hip-hop show where I was like, okay, this is cool. And there was a band called Two Skinny Jays. I don't know if you remember yep. those guys. Uh, and that was pretty much live hip-hop for yeah. all intents and purposes. So I was like, okay, like there's some stuff going on here that I didn't I didn't know about. It was very different from like, you know, the hip hop stuff I was listening to. And then uh I just I got into it through the band, right? So when when the band just needed a singer and and I was talking with Danny at a show, I think I think we were at the Globe Theater in Norwalk and I went to see them open for whoever. I saw you guys play there too. Yeah. Yeah, with category five pilfers, I think. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, I looked at it on my website the other day and I had a review of it still. So it was still, oh, nice! It's this funny scene. Just my response of like, this band sucks. <laughs> it's like, You're very opinionated. Oh yeah, I'm like some of it is like I better censor myself a little bit now. The way the way social media is now these days with some things, but uh, felt more protected back then, right? Yeah, it was, well, it was a lot more. Op- well, I mean, I got a lot more death threats back then. <laughs> <laughs> Bad review from Scott Punk and other junk. People come yes. looking for you. Yep. Skin, yeah. A lot of skinheads would like, I'm going to fuck you up. And oh, like, yeah. Well, actually, you know what? That's funny, man. I, like, I remember like, and it's funny, we're in Jersey. So I remember Jersey being like, you know, Jersey is just a more dangerous place than Connecticut, like in a variety well, of places. Yeah, Clifton is not. Yeah. And I don't even mean just like, you know, like it's the hood versus not. But just like I felt like Jersey kids were like a little more like the ska scene. Uh, and, and the skinheads and all that stuff related to it was a little more real here than some other places we would we would go. Yeah, I guess a little bit more suburban, I guess, Connecticut. Yeah. Unless you're in Bridgeport or something. We're just like. softer, right? We're just like, <laughs> yeah, life was easier. I don't know. I don't know. Like, Jersey always seemed a little a little, a little tougher, like a little more real. Like, you could really get messed up. Whereas yeah. Connecticut, I think it was kind of, wasn't real. Yeah. I don't know. So what the hell was I talking about? Oh, I, talking so, about so the band, I, yeah. So then I got into it, you know, just from playing with bands. And so got open, you know, to like we'd open for the Pie Tasters and we'd open for the Toasters and we'd open for Blue Meanies and MU330. And, and you know, those bands made a lot of sense to me. But it wasn't something that I had been paying attention to, you know, before at all. Um, so, how, so how did you get... To, like asked to be in the band like how or, like what happened to the original band do you know like what happened why they broke up or anything or like kind oh. of kind of just changed things around because i remember I, I, then it was like a year later and then you guys were like this is a whole new lineup <laughs> yeah yeah i i'm to be honest with you man i don't know i just remember uh and i want to get anybody in trouble here but i remember at that show uh was it was a skagnetti show and and uh danny 
who was the guitar player at the time, knew that I I had been in some bands, like doing some like live hip hop stuff, and he knew I wrote lyrics, um, but I had never sang, like ever, wow. like not even in my like in the shower, like. <laughs> so, but he knew. I think he just knew that I had this capability of being a front man. And he was like, dude, do you have any interest in being in this band? Because I think we're going to need a singer. Certain personalities, you know. Man, I was like, well, I'm interested in being in a band for sure. And the fact that you guys are like a, a real band, like you're playing places is super exciting. But I don't know that I can sing. Like, I literally don't know if I can. And so I think at that show, he was like, dude, just come over to my house, you know, tomorrow or next week or whatever it was. And uh, we got a couple songs that we're, we're working on. And like, we'll see if you can sing. So I remember like I sat on Danny's bed with Danny and his guitar and it was you know really romantic and he just started playing some chords and I, I tried gave my love yeah you? I just tried to sing and I and I guess I did it was okay I guess and he was like dude you could kind of sing and then I went to a practice and uh I kind of knew this a lot of the old songs already because I again I was a fan I was yeah. listening to the tape and uh I don't really know what happened man they they uh they wanted to make a change and I dove in and a few weeks later went to a couple rehearsals and uh, my first show uh, was in Providence, Rhode Island, opening up for the agents and the pie tasters. Uh, wow. Dickie Barrett was there. Wow. And I shit the bed hard, dude. I was <laughs> I was atrocious. I was terrible. I was really, really bad. I, uh, I ran around too much, and I got winded super quick, and I didn't bring water on stage with me. Oh. And I like three songs in, I pace yourself. I had nothing left. My voice wouldn't make noise anymore. Wow. And it was, I, I can't even imagine how bad it was. And then we had a show the next night in, in uh, somewhere in Pennsylvania. And I think, I don't, maybe we were playing with the Pie Tasters there too. Was it in Scranton or something or Philly? It was in, um, no, I was in like a smaller town. Oh, okay. It was some place that like the mob ran and it was super, it was weird. <laughs> um, but that was like. Lancaster's, those Amish. It was like unsaid, <laughs> but it was like if I, you know, obviously if I, if I did a bad job again. That would, you know, yeah. That wasn't the right gig for me, but uh, I think I did a better job, and I paced myself, and I brought water, and I, I thought a little bit more about, you know, what went into the set and stuff, and I, and I, and I remember at that after that show, they were like, "Hey, dude, you want to be in the band?" And I was like, "Hell yeah, man! I want to be in the band." <laughs> <laughs> that was it. The rest, uh, as they say. I always remembered you guys having like this huge light up setup from yeah. Chris, and yep. it's, and uh, but. <sighs> But I was like wondering why you guys always like went all out for like these tiny ass clubs. Stupid. Like, it's, it's just, We're idiots. Just the whole rock star approach. So we, I love Chris, man. Uh, Chris Grosick. Uh, was a good dude. Uh, Seymour guy. And he was just this high school kid that was in my brother's class and uh, was into lighting, right? And I don't yeah. even remember how I learned that he existed. But maybe my brother had said, hey, I got this guy who, you know, loves light, doing lighting. Do you guys need a lighting guy? Of course we need a lighting guy. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna go play the Newtown Teen Center next week. We need we need lights. And uh, I remember at first he had like he was building lights with out of like empty paint cans and like wire and stuff himself. Like he had he didn't have a budget. Yeah. And we didn't have a budget. And so that was one of the great things about uh, guys like Sean Grant who used to sell merch for us and and Chris Grosick is they were used to do comics for you like yeah yeah right he would do some design stuff for us but those guys were you know just like we were. Um, they were cheap dates, right? They were just happy yeah. to be there. So it, that's the first thing, right? I mean, a normal band has to pay a lighting guy a, a salary or, or, or a stipend. Mm -hmm. And Chris was just happy to hang out and, and be a part of it. And so, you know, what little money we would give him, he would just go buy more lights. And so you're right. We would show up and play for 40 people at a, you know, a firehouse in New Jersey. And we'd play, you know, third out of four bands or third out of five bands and we'd have to have them have like the house lights shut off so that we could do our light show. And we'd be the only band that would do that. And I don't, we, we did that because we had Chris. That's it, right? Yeah. Um, I remember he, so. yeah, he reached out to me because I, I think I took photos of you guys and he's like, you guys really captured the lighting and stuff like that. So I was a lighting geek. Yeah, yeah. So I would, yeah. So I would do like some designs for him, I think, with like logos or. And just was always in touch with him yeah. over the years, but I've lost touch with them, so I don't know what's going on. If you guys are still in touch with them or not, but yeah, not not as much anymore. Yeah. And it's just like you know, I mean, that was we were so over the top, and I think that that added an element of difficulty to, to everything we did. Uh, and so I think in the new world, we're like, we're we're just not going to go quite that far. Yeah. <laughs> um, although I miss it, man. I miss. 
Maybe I just miss, the hometown shows. Just I miss uh, just you know the ridiculous smoke machines. I mean, we played shows where he lit off pyrotechnics. Um, we Probably didn't get not a good idea. We, no, 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 no. We, it's a bad, very bad idea. When I look back, I'm like, dude, we are very lucky that we didn't um, kill people or get in trouble. Um, but I remember playing a show somewhere, and and he lit off some pyro. It like it was orchestrated. It wasn't like he like we knew it. Yeah, we were in Kurt. We were like, yeah, like at this point in the set, this time in the song, you're gonna light off these, you know, bombs or whatever. I remember looking at Dave one time, and I was like drinking a sip of water during like you know a break in a song where I didn't have to sing, and Dave was playing drums, and also yelling, "Am I on fire? Am I on fire?" <laughs> because he thought he was on fire, and wow. that was like, that was just a normal show. It probably wasn't even a big show. It was probably just a show. <laughs> Uh, that was the, that was the uh, let's just act like you know we're huge huge rock stars. Huge rock yeah. stars. Well, that's a good approach and, uh, sometimes. Yeah, if yeah, it worked get, out pretty you, well. If you can get away with it, yeah, I think we got away with it. Yeah, we did all right. It's it's why I, why I asked. Yeah, um, I can't remember. Do you guys ever go on the Warp Tour? We never did. We never did. That just, that just um, ended. So I was just curious if you ever had any stories we, about that. No, we unfortunately we didn't. We never got asked. So uh, that was a little a little above above our pay grade, I guess. We were supposed to. Uh, when we had we had a manager for a little while, we had a couple different managers, but we had one guy who um, who had a connection to get us on the Snowcore tour. Do you remember, I remember that Snowcore? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we had some dates booked, and it had something to do with us filling in for the Aquabats because they couldn't play on Saturdays or Sundays oh. because of their Mormonism or something. Really, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> And uh, so we, I think we were supposed to play Portland, Maine, and somewhere in Pennsylvania. And I don't remember what happened, but we never ended up doing it. So we never got we never got on any. Uh, we did Sky Against Racism, just yes. the Connecticut oh, Connecticut okay. uh, leg of that, which was that was twenty years ago. I was trying to get Matt Flood to do that this year, but it, it would be it didn't uh, happen. It'd be a, it'd be a good be good to bring that back. I think it's yeah, kind of relevant. Still. Unfortunately, it didn't. Uh, yeah, it didn't it didn't solve racism? The Sky Against <laughs> yeah. Racism tour, believe it or not, Sky will do it. But damn, that was a good show, man. Mu three thirty was on that, yeah. right? Kamiri, less than Jake, like what a crazy ass yeah. show that and was. And toasters at the end, and then everyone came on stage. At Unbelievable! The end. Yeah. That was uh, that was one of the best shows we've ever played. Yeah. That was so exciting to to uh, to just be a part of that. Do you remember going to shows at CCs and Music PA? Hell yeah, man! <laughs> yeah, so I I get that confused. We we were talking before about where the second show was. I think yeah. that was at a place called Spanky's. In East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Okay, so that's a little further down. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So Vince, I remember Vince was the guy we booked with at CC's. Yes. We used to always make fun of the way he did it because we, we would have to call to get on the guest list. He's like, Vince, and you got the toasters. And he's like this, pencil, this strong Pennsylvania yeah. accent, like starting his gignetti. Yeah. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I got this band, Real Big Fish, coming in. You ever hear of them? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince, I've heard of them. You, you, uh, you want to go on that show? Uh, yeah, Vince, that'd be great. It was the most like, you know, I mean, people in bands will know, like, it's not easy sometimes to get on shows, yeah. right? I mean, uh, it gets easier at certain points in your life, but like, we opened for Real Big Fish there, Nerf Herder, Bucko 09, Bucko 9, yeah, all remember. at CC's, and it would literally just be like, you know, this again, this was the old days, you had to mail a package, you had to call, you had to catch Vince when he was near a phone, but Vince would call me. Hey, Steve, how you doing? You know, <laughs> uh, you want to open this sick show? Now, Vince never paid us anything. Oh, wow. Uh, maybe, maybe like, you know, 50 bucks or something. But, you know, we would sell, you know, like $1,000 worth of merch. Okay, so it makes up for that. It was that. great. They didn't was, get a cut for that or anything like that? No, never, no. But that was the deal with Vince is yeah. you knew, like, uh, you know, he's going to put you on the show. He's not going to pay any of the opening bands because he's, you know, he's got a guarantee out for whoever, you know, whoever he's going to pay for the headliner. And uh, I don't know, maybe he paid some bands, but we, that was just a deal, and it was you know it was a pretty good drive for us. Yeah, but gas was pretty cheap back then, and yeah, it was. I we were dude. It, it was like eighty something cents. Yeah, because I, I went to cents. school. I went to school outside of music or you know Scranton, Pennsylvania, yeah. and then so that's it was a short drive for the two two years that I went over there, but. Yeah, Pennsylvania was, was always fun, man. There was always a ton of kids there, and they were like, always super receptive well, to what we were that's doing. Not, that's not necessarily the case for certain ska shows at CCs, because some, oh, yeah. like, some of it would be like either it was a Buckle Nine or Toasters that would get a you know full full yeah. club, but it was like certain bands that was just maybe us and the other bands. Gotcha. And it's like, gotcha. oh, God, it's so awkward. I well, that was, that was great. It was Vince, Vince was smart enough, I guess, to be like, he knew we probably couldn't carry the show, but he knew... 
that we would put on a good 30 minute set and yeah. we would we'd warm up for whoever uh, we played with the toasters out there i mean it was always always a pretty good crowd but we, i think we only played like the, the good shows right yeah you go and then i i was looking at a review last night and it was from the new movements tour and you guys were supposed to play it but then you and i said in the review that you guys canceled at the last minute because you thought the close the, the club closed down that sounds about right yeah. I, I don't remember that that <laughs> Which, was supposed to be at music too yeah yeah, yeah. cc's yeah so it was right, right around that time when i think the club was getting down to closing which i was ashamed i liked sitting on the, the speaker stacks and just yeah, watching yeah i remember that yeah. yeah that whole weird side space where the bands would like kind of leave their stuff and yeah there was like a bar over there that wasn't really functioning and you could like hang out like, over there like a goth kid running the board <laughs> i don't really remember <laughs> i don't remember the sound guy at all yeah i remember, I, I remember. Right. i've been to, there's so many hard i mean the hardcore shows there were the best just because everyone's just hardcore dancing and stuff in this little club but i remember there was like a huge skinhead fight and hardcore kid fight in the parking lot i was like Oh, it was a good club. I, was, I remember Vin, didn't Vince's mom? It was his dad. It was his, his mom. It was I think it was his dad that was running the front door. And running he was the front always door. An asshole. He was a mean man. Yeah, he was a mean man. But I, I swear, I remember. Like, Let me stamp your hand. I remember. Yeah, he didn't. We didn't like kids. I remember. I swear, I remember his mom like yelling at him one time when we Maybe. were loading in, like Vince, and he was like, "All right, Ma, I got it." Like, <laughs> it's just like, dude, this is awesome. That was one of my favorite places that we would play with any regularity. And he yeah, just, yeah. With, you know, every other place you kind of had to work to get in. And it was just so easy with Vince. Like, oh, you know, yeah, you, you want to come play with this band that's on MTV? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah okay, Vince, that'll be good. We'll, we'll be there. Yeah, he'd always ask us, like, who, who should we get? And I'm like, yeah, like, get them. No, don't get them. Yeah. Um, do you ever go, to, you went to Skaters Club a few times, uh, Skaters World. Yeah, sorry. Skaters World, we played there a few times. Yeah. That was always, uh, that was always fun. We'd, we'd, uh. I remember just being like all covered in sweat from playing like hours of air hockey before we would actually yes, play. That's play what the I loved set. about it was it was just like you can play, the, you know, play all the stuff as you're listening to music. Skaters World was big, and then we used to go to the Cove in Roselle. I don't think quite I ever, a bit. I never went to the Cove. No, that place was really really fun. I know we played with Catch Twenty Two there. I don't remember who else. The Wetlands was always one of the best. Yeah, best I only got to play there a couple times before it before it showed up but i think we did yeah, the that was after a little after 9-11 yeah we did the um uh the comp the moonscott compilation that we were on scarmageddon the scarmageddon release party we got to play at wetlands right. there i think i went to that which yeah. was really really fun and uh we would play where else would we play in the city have we you would ever play... played have you ever went in, the, in europe though or anything no. no never went over there no we we would go we went down to florida and back a couple times um west coast Never West Coast. Wow. No, we're pretty much uh, New England, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Uh, like I said, toured down to Florida, so did the Carolinas and Virginia and stuff uh, a few times. But that was about it. We always wanted to go. Yeah. Always wanted to go further, but... Uh, I always... Yeah, I always saw like, I know goldfish and stuff were always in Europe, but I mean, they were on moon and... Yeah, we never did the, we never did the label thing, man. We... Uh, we just never, we yeah, had Yeah, I guess you, you released it on your own, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, uh, we did. We, we, so we, we did have a manager for a while, uh, the first round. And one of the guys was like connected with the Bad Brains and Island Records. And we had like a contract, the whole thing. Wow. And we showed it to some lawyers and that were friends of ours. And they were like, this isn't really that great of a, you know. <laughs> yeah. And we were just, we were really young. Typical, typical so this was like country. when like Lana was still in the band, like to take you back to like how, how, yeah, you know, when this was happening and it was right when things were really picking up. And I remember these guys, they were, they were nice guys. And they, I think they, I think they meant well, and we were just not ready for like what they were throwing our way. Uh, and then, and then I think after that, it just sort of fizzled and we were such control freaks too back then that we, I don't think we would have done well because we didn't listen to people we, and we only did what we wanted to do. And so having these two guys uh, who were telling us what to do just didn't, it didn't work very well. It didn't <laughs> I'd probably work. be the same way if I was in a band. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather yeah, I just know. do everything myself. Yeah. So, you know, so there was always like Edna's and, and Big D and those guys like were able to like, I think, you know, because I think there was a time when I would say we were, you know, we were pretty on even par with those guys. Like, yeah. Uh, but they, they they were definitely smarter than we were and worked harder and, and stuck with it longer. And, and I mean, you definitely played all the same, you know, a lot of the shows I went to, like yeah, the Chance and stuff too. For sure, for sure. And the chance but we threw probably, it all away. We yeah. threw it all away because of our... Did we go over that yet? Why do you guys, why did you break up? Or just... No, no, uh, no, I don't, we haven't talked about that. Okay. But um, I don't know, man. I think we were sick of each other. You know, uh, we had a couple people in the band, I think, that were in charge of things. 
and then a couple people in the band that weren't. And then, you know, people who weren't in charge of things would have <laughs> opinions about the way things were done and people would get mad. The people who yeah. did the thing would get upset. Um, and I think we were just, we, it had run its course. And we, what's funny too is we were probably the biggest we had been. So it wasn't like, um, you know, our last couple shows were, were huge shows. Uh, our last show was in Hartford. And I think it was sold out. There's like 1,800 people there. Wow. Um, and so we were just thinking like, let's get out. I think we were starting to see that, that the other, other bands were struggling at the time. I think it, it was, was around 99 the, around the ska turned was, into emo. It was starting to be not cool to be in a ska band. And so I think we were thinking like, look, we're the biggest we ever were in Connecticut, but I think we were starting to see, all right, going to Boston, going to Pennsylvania, going to these places that we like to go, going down to DC, like was getting harder. Mm-hmm. And I think the shows were getting more lightly attended And so we were like, well, where's this going? Right. Like, what do we, you know, like, do we just want to play Connecticut three times a year? And, uh, and we were sort of like, no. Uh, and it was, I I think it was more about, we were just done. Like we were just, we needed a break. We needed a 20 year break. So what do you, how do you see the the current ska scene and what has changed over the years? I mean, we talked about the digital or, you know, releasing that kind of stuff, but anything else do you like see different? So, so, so far, I would say with the bands that we have had the pleasure of playing with in modern times here, that the musicianship is stronger. Mm. Um, I think there were so many bands back then and you would play with, you know, People so many bands. Right out of high school and the band, the yeah, high school band. I think of part like, of that was right. It was a lot of high school kids, yeah. right? So they're just young kids and they're just having fun and they probably weren't taking it that seriously. Their songwriting aspect of it all that seriously, which is fine. Um, the bands we've been playing with thus far, uh, I think just take, every, they're taking it a little more seriously. Mm-hmm. I think there's less, uh, we're not, we're probably not playing with the high school bands cause we're 40 years old also. <laughs> uh, we're not 20, I, 22 years old. I just hit that 40. Sorry, man. Yeah. You're like halfway dead. So that's yeah, cool. Awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, I don't know. Everything feels sort of the same, right? The clubs still smell bad and there's still lightly attended shows every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, I don't you, know you have some good ones and some tonight, bad ones. Yeah, I'm not expecting a, you know, a hell yeah. of a lot of, you know, I'm not expecting to change the world tonight. There's actually a lot of other shows, well, New York City, but yeah, but I don't, yeah, whatever. It's, I came just to see you guys. <laughs> I appreciate that. We, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Our expectations are pretty low. Like, we, you know, we played some shows out of state. Some have been better than others. Yeah. How would um, you play last night, right? In Massachusetts? Yeah, we played last night in Massachusetts. You know, not, not the, not the greatest. Not the greatest. The bands we played with are great. We played with a band called yeah. Power Up, um, who if they decide you want to care about them, um, you should. They were, they were really, really great. And uh, the guys, Sonic Libido, we played with last night. We're playing with tonight. They're from Maine. They're really good as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't worry too much. I think some of the other guys in the band worry a little more. Like, oh, how many people are going to be there? I'm like, I, to me, it's like it doesn't – you can't – you promote, you do a good job, you put yeah. it on the internets, uh, you, you, and if people show, it's cool, and if they don't, it's cool. I've always been a fan, of, like at more adverse audiences, and like where where you know the arms folded, I feel like I do better. Oh, really? Kind of enjoy a little more adversity. Try to win them over. Yeah, you just got to work a little bit harder, um, or you or you can just say, well, this isn't happening, and then you can just kind of enjoy yourself. For what it is, mm-hmm. uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's it's fun to play in front of tons of people too. But I've I've been doing this long enough that I've played my f- a fair share of like really lightly attended shows or shows that are other that are well attended, but they people just don't like us. We're just on the wrong bill and it's yeah. not the right room. And I probably have more memories about those shows than like the really really good ones because you pl- you probably play more than not so good ones. What who is like the most obscure or like different kind of band that you've opened up for? I know, like Mephiscopheles opened up for Guar, so that's like an instance of like like anything. So like before that. I was in the band, uh, Scagnetti got to play a Yukon Spring Weekend and open for the Notorious Big, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. And those uh, college shows really want to mix it up. A yeah, little they really bit. mix it. Up. I think Soul Coughing may have been on that bill as well. Um, we opened for Cypress Hill. Oh wow! Um, at a college show, that was pretty. We didn't make a hell of a lot of sense on that. Yeah, how did the how did the crowd? Uh, there wasn't much of a crowd left. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I think technically Cypress Hill opened for us. <laughs> I think we played after them, uh, so there. I think a lot of people left. Um, 
other than that, I'm trying to think. We played, yeah, we played with a lot of really random bands. Um, Godsmack opened for us once. Wow. We played a show, uh, I think also a college show. And uh, yeah, I found a flyer and they were like third on the bill and we were fifth. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah. So, it's, it's... You, run into, you run into a lot of random, probably more people than I even realized. I'm sure we played with people that, you know, were in bands and now they're in some other band and they're probably really big and... It's like, I remember seeing Scava the Hut, and now the guy was like in the bravery. And yeah, looked, that's right. And then like some other guys were, did some other TV shows. And like, it's it's weird to see how like certain people you grew up listening to, and then they're like famous. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got to be in a ska band in high school to get, you know, get to wherever they're going to go. So, I mean, what are you guys, so what are you guys doing like full-time jobs? Like, what do you do? When- so, I work in market research. Uh, which I've been doing like, for the last 15 years. Like an agency or? I don't work for an agency. I work for a supplier to okay. agencies. Okay. Yeah. So you've been doing that for a while? Been doing it f- for, for a long time. So yeah. I guess I guess it's what I, what I do. You're a market researcher. Okay. Yeah. Uh, man, the rest of the band, uh, Richie does some like art installation stuff and some construction stuff. And I don't know what Justin does. Uh, he does some tech stuff. And Dave uh, builds helicopters. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, Carmel is a music teacher, school teacher. Are they? They're married. They are. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was looking. I'm like, wait, they have the same name. They I'm do. Like, okay, yeah. Carmen, Dave are married. <laughs> which is actually tonight you're gonna see of uh, a hindered version of the band without Carm. Oh, uh, Carm is home. The kids. Carm's home with the kids because we uh, two <laughs> nights in a row is a little, a little, a little much. Okay. Uh, so we have a little some scheduling conflict. So uh, you will be missing uh, alto saxophone, lots of keyboards, and lots of pretty vocals. So oh. you're gonna hear my mediocre voice uh, okay. covers a lot of sins so you should maybe i don't know man maybe maybe pick the wrong show i don't know <laughs> well, we'll, do, we'll do the best it's we somewhat close by and i haven't seen you in about 19 years so it's it'll be okay i'm like gaslight okay. anthem and asbury park or i'll start just getting it yeah, closer you by did, it's closer you did, you did the right thing because every time i go to asbury park something happens it's like i went to punk rock bowling a few years ago and ended up throwing up and i had like uh, like a stomach virus. Yeah. It was like the first time I ever threw up in a concert. I was just like, I was trying to shoot Coxbar and I just was like, <laughs> yeah, it's no good. And then another time for, it was like a fat wreck show with like no effects and I got a flat tire. So I was like, every time it's just S- something in stay, Asbury Park. So I'm like, all right, stay man, Asbury Park. <laughs> come to Clifton, beautiful Clifton, <laughs> Clifton. I've, this is actually the first time I've ever been to Clifton. And if I've been in this area, but I had really no reason to, I mean, I knew that Clash Bar existed, but I never really... Seems like a great place. I feel like it was definitely a strip club. Maybe. It's probably. Yeah. (laughs) Is there a stripper pole? Ah, there's beams. That was like CC's was almost... I felt like it was a CC's used to feel like maybe it probably also had been... And now it's a car car dealership, I think. It's a car dealership? Yeah. Damn. I mean, what else are you going to put in? Music PA, but... uh, (laughs) Um... So you have a few new songs out, um, but you, I guess we, you said you were going to do, you're probably going to do like an EP, right? I think that's the most, it just takes us a while, right? I mean, we really can get together like once a week. Um, so how do you do like recording? Do you guys just do it all like on like your MacBooks or something like that? Or you like, and then go book time to do it in the studio? Real quick? Yeah. So we got a great uh, studio guy, uh, Greg, uh, who works for a place called Firehouse 12, which is where, uh, where we recorded the two newer two or newer songs and where we will record any future songs I'm, I'm sure of. Um, but like we have, when we're working the songs, we're just, we're, we're throwing ideas back and forth via Dropbox. Um, and, and honestly, man, we're still trying to figure out how, how we, how do we write songs as, mm-hmm. as the first two songs, uh, we sort of pieced together. It was kind of me and Richie and then others added things to it. But now that we've got, you know, I'll tell you this, seven of us in a room looking at each other, trying to force creativity doesn't work <laughs> well you can do the easy thing and just re-record some old songs from the first cassette yeah you gotta you know there's a few i think there's still a few good songs on there that you can kind of maybe tweak it maybe re- rewrite it maybe i'm 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 open to anything talk to dave and rich man those are the guys with the uh or take the easy route and do cover or something no nah, we'll be all right we're gonna write some <laughs> new songs we, we uh, we've got some we got some really good ideas for some new songs. We've got uh, we we have a new song, um, that we're super excited about. I think it's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be a hit, uh, as you know whatever that means for with, us. With the kids, hit, it's gonna be a hit, hit with the kids. And then the the others, it's funny you mentioned it's a hit with the kids because it's a song about how we need to create a hit 
for the kids. <laughs> well, you can do like aquabats and sing about like children's songs or something like that. Then you'll well, that's that's what's interesting. So the angle is I don't I don't want to spill too much, but the angle is uh, so you've got a you've got a young child. Yeah. Are you familiar with Lori Berkner? No. She is a musician uh, who creates music for children. Okay. Uh, I watched a lot of her videos and listened to a lot of her songs. Like a Raffi kind of, or whatever. Yeah, like a slightly cooler Raffi. Okay. Uh, she's a Lori. She, yeah, yeah. She's a Lori Berkner band, and just from watching her videos and listening to her songs, and I think she's very successful. And I could have read this entirely wrong. I feel like her heart's not in it. <laughs> I feel like she's a children's band so that she can eat and get money and get money. And I feel like while that's, I can't criticize that, whatever works, right? Capitalize on the However you pay the bills. Um, So so part of the angle of the song is to take her out um, (laughs) and encourage a younger fan base to gravitate towards uh, Sergeant Sergeant Skag. We're just gonna we're just gonna say. Uh, well, I mean, uh, it's not the darkest song you've done. I mean, you guys have sung about <laughs> having sex with corpses, so it's, it's true. <laughs> it's true, um, and it's funny. You know, a lot of those songs I wrote when I was right, uh, however old I was, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, um, and it was a different time. It was a different time, and so you sing those songs now, and like, there's a couple songs where I'm like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't play this song anymore. It hasn't aged well. This song hasn't aged. Doctor Thunder has not aged well. That's like in, Emery, in, Emery's Emery three thirties stuff song hasn't really aged well either. It's like exactly. certain, certain ska songs. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, if you take it with a grain of salt and say it's tongue in cheek, it's fine. But if if you take some of the lyrics as though they were intended and they were not uh, a joke. <laughs> then maybe maybe don't listen to those. Um, but yeah, so we're so we're you know we're gonna and we're still gonna, do like weekend kind of shows and that really thing. Yeah, man, we love Saturdays. If anybody's booking shows, man, we like a Saturday show. Me too. That's where I we can, shine. I can finally get you know? to shows on Saturday because we have time to get there and we have time to recover. Uh, and we we've turned down a ton of shows because it's like a really good show, but it's Tuesday night and we're just like, oh. yeah, it's just not gonna we're just not gonna be able to do that in function as humans. So and thanks, but like no thanks. Four other bands. Stop with the five band shows. Yeah, this is a five band show tonight. That's <laughs> that's uh, it's three and a half too many bands. I yeah. I, I think three is the right number. Yeah, three. I, I think th- three is the right number, especially midweek. Yeah, I mean weekend maybe eight, nine, four ten. the max. And then Agreed. Maybe twenty minutes set for the opener or something, but yeah, that's short changing. We don't we we uh, I think we're third out of five tonight, which is perfect. Uh, I love playing around ten ten thirty. Yeah, I mean, any, if I don't any later than that is sticking around, which I probably won't. But yeah. I'll get home in time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's before we go. I have a little thing I do. I just well, I started to do it with Roger from Rude Boy George. Cool. Um, it's called Jeff Goldblum trivia. <laughs> All right. You think you think you know anything about the Goldblum? I I don't know much. I I would what? imagine. Okay. I, I, my guess is I know very little. Well, if you win five out of five, you okay. get a, you get a you get a prize. Oh, All right, so let's go. Let's. I gotta have, have an intro. Uh, uh, oh. Uh. 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 Life. Uh. Finds a way. What are we waiting for? Let's do it. All right. So number one, what was the name of Jeff Goldblum's character in Thor Ragnarok? Was it Gamekeeper, Grandmaster? Game master or trapper keeper? Is he game master? Is that your final answer? No, it must be game keeper. No. No. Oh man, it's I just grand, watched this like a month it's ago. Grandmaster. Grandmaster. So yes. I don't get the prize. Right. Well, yeah. Damn it! But we can keep going. We'll keep going. I feel like that was my best chance to answer one. Too. I thought these are pretty easy, but maybe yeah. it's because I'm, I'm, you know, Goldblum obsessed, or or as it seems, it's just a running gag that we've been doing over the years. I support <laughs> it. I support it fully. <laughs> All right. He was great in that movie, by the way. Yes. The, the, the I don't remember his scenes. name though. Grandmaster. All right. Number two. What Wes Anderson movie hasn't the Goldblum been in? Was it Rushmore, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, Isle of Dogs, or Grand Budapest Hotel? Rushmore. Yes. Yes. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> you could feel my confidence as yes. I said. Rushmore. Number three. What movie is this quote from? Help me, help me be human. Is it Jurassic Park? Earth girls are easy. It's the fly. 
Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of a softball. <laughs> All right. Appreciate ce- that. Should have started with that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Damn it. To celebrate the th- number four, to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Jurassic Park, there was a Dr. Ian Malcolm statue recently displayed near a landmark. Which landmark was it? Was it the Eiffel Tower, Big Ben Parliament, Tower Bridge, or the Leaning Tower of Pisa? I'm pretty sure it was in London. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with uh, the Tower of London. Well, it's Tower Bridge. Yeah, Tower, yeah, it's a tower Bridge. Tower. Yeah, tower. tower. Tower Bridge. Yes, yes. That's right. Yes. <laughs> okay. You're doing, you're doing all right. You did, I'm doing okay. You're doing a lot better than Roger. Roger got like every one of them wrong. Oh, well, he doesn't know anything about Jeff <laughs> I know. Goldblum, clearly. All right. Last question. What was the name of the character Jeff Goldblum played in the movie The Player? I, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure. I don't know if you've seen it or not. I don't even know. Uh, it was it Griffin Mill, Walter Stucker, Stuckle, Tom Oakley, or Jeff Goldblum? Ooh. <laughs> now, did you give me Goldblum as a, is that a layup or is that just like the no, obvious I, one you throw out? I don't know. I like the Stucker. No. Uh, it was actually, he played himself. He played himself. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I can give you a sticker anyway. You did pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> did okay. Well, you got, you got, you got three, I think. That's, a, that's, <laughs> That's a sixty. Yeah, he, is that passing? It's sort 65? of. It's sort of passing. I let you. That was passing grade. You got some homework to do on. Jeff I do. Goldblum. I do. I'm gonna. I'll do better next time. But all right, well, you got some. Had a good time talking with you. Yeah, man. And, Thanks, uh, Ryan. And uh, have a good show. Thanks. All right. Thank you. <laughs>